0: If you or someone you know is looking for reliable legal assistance in the Caribbean, look no further than Caribbean Legal Solutions, your ultimate connection to trustworthy attorneys across the Caribbean. So whether you're a Caribbean residing in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., or anywhere else in the world, they connect you with reliable attorneys based in your home country. Their extensive vetting process and network ensure a peace of mind and accountability. Need help with land ownership, estate matters, or maybe even a local referral here in the U.S.? Their team bridges the gap, reducing your workload and providing you with vetted attorneys for virtually any legal matter. Caribbean Legal Solutions is your reliable partner for legal needs, both local and abroad. Visit CaribbeanLegalSolutions.com or call them today. This podcast ad contains general information about Caribbean Legal Solutions and it's not intended as legal advice. Always consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community with your host, Carrie Ann Reed-Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. This is episode 59. I'm your host, Carrie-Anne. Today's guest is Ashley Douglas, the founder of Merch Carnival, which is a online platform. And it is the purveyor of um, things celebrating Caribbean culture, Carnival, and um, she is from the US Virgin Islands. Before we get into the episode, please remember to connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook twitter and instagram and or handle is at carry on friends if you haven't already done so Please take a moment to give us a rating and review in iTunes if you've already done so. Thank you so much for your reviews. And um, to join the conversation online, the hashtag is COF Podcast. And as always, I'm here for any questions or feedback you might have. The email for that is hello at Carry on friends, Or you can send us a text at 347-875-0531. Ashley's on the show because she's sharing her experiences, um, some of the things that she's learned on the way to building this successful online um, store and platform. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here is my interview with Ashley.
1: Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love listening to Carry On Friends. It's very exciting to, I guess, you know, in the future, be on one of the episodes. So um, you're doing great work, and I really appreciate it. So yeah, uh, my name is Ashley Douglas. Um, I'm from St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, My mother, um, she is from Trinidad and Tobago, and my father is from Dominica, So, like, people always joke with me, like, I'm a Caracom baby because I'm just like all over the place (laughs) um, in the Caribbean. But I, you know, I really love my uh, Caribbean culture and the region in itself. Yeah, so I am the owner of Merch Carnival, which is an online marketplace for Caribbean inspired and Caribbean designed goods. Um, A major part of Merch Carnival is my apparel and accessories brand. So that's what it started out to be. But I saw that there was a need. You know, all over the Caribbean, I see products that I love and would love to purchase and other people would love to purchase. But, you know, just being in the, the U.S., it can sometimes be difficult to get those products. So I decided, well, why not feature some of those products that I love on my website as well? Um so that we're in the second phase of merge carnival is how it is and that's where we're moving towards in two thousand
0: seventeen. Awesome. By the way, what is it about, uh, just a sidebar, what is it about St. Croix? Because I know someone else whose parents came from other islands and met in St. Croix. And now, is there a particular commerce or industry that's there where a lot of people from other islands just moved to St. Croix?
1: Um, Yes, I'd say my mom in particular, she moved, her family moved to St. Croix. um, Specifically, my grandfather, he was working, we had an aluminum plant. So I think probably like in the the 70s up to like 2010, we were a major hub for kind of, I guess, like process technology type of industries. Um, We had the aluminum plant. um, And then uh, I I don't know if you ever heard of Hess Oil. Yes. Um, Their oil refinery was there. It was That refinery was the second largest oil refinery in the Western Hemisphere, and we produced oil, um, but unfortunately that oil refinery closed down um, in 2011. I guess oil is not as popular as it used to be. Um, so I think a lot of folks from other Caribbean islands moved to Saint Croix in particular for those positions because there's a you know a very diverse community. There's Trinidadians. Uh, my dad's Dominican. He had initially moved to Saint Thomas, Saint Thomas, which is um, close by. Um, but he worked at the refinery. A lot of my friends going up there. Parents worked in the refinery. And we have a lot of those positions, um, so I guess a lot of people work in that, as well as in tourism. That's also a very important industry there. But right now, we're in a little transition phase, but it's a very diverse community of Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Dominicans, Trinidadians, St. Lucians. So, um, yeah, very interesting place to be. Yeah, all right, so let's
0: jump into our topic. So my first topic is: How do you know whether you should have an online business, or you know, whether not an online business, an online store where you're selling merchandise? How do you know whether having an online store is the right approach for you to take as an um, entrepreneur?
1: Well, for me, um, when I started Merch Carnival, it had initially, initially it had been just this one-off thing that I was going to do. I think like sophomore year of college which was 2011 um snapbacks are really popular and um different caribbean islands where you know people are making snapbacks for their country so i was thinking well why isn't there one for the virgin islands so i had just set out just to do this one-off thing not anything serious but um made a set of 48 snapbacks in different colors with the VI flag on it. Um, Just posting it on Facebook, spreading basically word of mouth online. And then when I got home for Christmas break, I was just selling them. I was, you know, going to people's homes, delivering them, meeting up, selling the hats. um, And there was a very positive response. Um, And I enjoyed that experience of kind of having my own thing and seeing that people liked it. So I think once I had returned to school, Um, Obviously, I'm a college student. I don't have have much capital to, you know, set up a physical space. But to me, online was very appealing to do because the operational cost of it is not that expensive. Um, When I had initially done it, um, I had used something similar to Etsy um, back then, Etsy wasn't as as popular as it is now, um, but I just, you know, I found a place that I could post my products, I could link people to it, um, and I saw that it fit really well with my way of life, going to class and doing my work. I wasn't full-time in a physical store, and even now I enjoy having the online store because it provides me the flexibility now that um, I recently graduated from grad school, but I still have that flexibility of keeping my inventory and kind of telling my story online. And I guess it was more manageable having the online store versus having a physical store. Uh, my mom, she actually started her own business in February. Uh, yay, mom. Um, she yeah, has a mommy. physical store, and it's a totally different experience this past year month when I was in St. Croix I was helping her in the store I saw you know how they did inventory and things and it's a totally different experience in itself which I haven't personally been able to experience with merch carnival but I can see the benefits of of a physical store in itself but I think for right now with what I'm doing in my life I guess officially be I always say I'm officially an adult now because I'm done with school so I can do more adult things but you know I'm going into that transition and the merchcarnival.com helps me in that transition because I'm able to do what I need to do with my store I can connect with my customers I can you know complete sales ship things out but I don't feel that I'm at the point where I can, I guess, handle a physical space. That's my ultimate goal is to have a physical store. And I feel like the online store, as I build recognition of the brand and build my customer base, um, it's helping me transition into that physical store.
0: Let's take a quick break. Want to include your property in Jamaica in your U.S. will? Need to close the bank account you opened back home all those years ago? Skip the guesswork and let the Caribbean Legal Solutions team of experienced professionals take care of your legal needs. With Caribbean Legal Solutions, you get the peace of mind that only vetted and accountable legal experts can offer. Learning that you have a legal issue abroad can be stressful. Finding an attorney to help shouldn't be. Visit CaribbeanLegalSolutions.com or call them today to find the dependable legal support you need. This podcast ad contains general information about Caribbean legal solutions and is not intended as legal advice. Always consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation. Okay. So based on what you're saying, you know, the online store for you was it's better suited for your lifestyle, you yes. were coming and going and you wanted to use the online store to kind of help build the brand as you go along. Although a future goal is to have a physical store. I'm, I'm Further down in the interview, I'm going to get to something. So you mentioned Etsy. So when you're starting out, Etsy is one and there are some other platforms. So could you tell our listeners, you know, whether we should start with an Etsy store and explain what an Etsy store is or similar types of platforms or you launch your own website?
1: Yeah. So when I had initially said like, okay, I'm going to do this. I used Store StoreNB, which I said is similar to Etsy. It's a seller community, which had its benefits. The one downside that I, I felt with Store um, StoreNB and I had looked into Etsy as well, um, even though it's a little bit better now, is I couldn't really I had to fit into the template of Store Envy, or you have to fit into the template of Etsy. You know, it's more of like you're part of a giant marketplace. Um, and it's a little bit more difficult to, to tell your brand story. I studied communication in school, um, and I understand the importance of of, you know telling that story to your your customers and I really wanted to have that freedom but I think starting out if you're initially starting a business online I would definitely recommend having an Etsy or something similar because You know, like Etsy already has its customer base there. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to be in their search engine. I use Etsy a lot to, you know, I shop on Etsy a lot to find different products. And it's really helpful to find unique things that you might not necessarily be looking for. Um, And I think especially with Merch Carnival is definitely a niche product um, and I think I was on store envy for a year before I moved into setting up my own website, and it was definitely great because not necessarily those people were, were were looking for those products, but they found it, and then they continued to to look for me. And I've noticed that a lot, not a lot, but some of the brands that I, the smaller business brands that I follow even if they set up their own website, they still keep their Etsy website open to get those customers that, you know, just happen upon their brand. So definitely if you're setting out, if you don't want to go all in and having your own website, which is another feat in itself, because if you go from building from scratch your own website you have to gain the audience make sure that you get the traffic that you need and then you know doing the things like SEO and it's just you have to bring the people there versus if you're on Etsy, the people are already there and they'll find you. Um, So that was definitely a benefit. And I only really switched to having my own website when I felt that I was feeling comfortable with the sales that I was getting on Store Envy. And I felt confident in myself that I could transition those customers to the website. Um, And then when I did transition to the website, I try to learn as much as possible that I could about gaining traffic and search engine optimization and all those things that you need to, you know, increase visibility of our website. All right. So you said a lot there. So let me just recap. So a marketplace
0: and a marketplace is an online marketplace where you go to Etsy, you could search for different vendors. It's almost like in the Caribbean. It's just that it's it's online. Yeah. And um it's an online marketplace. You can have your own store within Etsy. So it could be merchcarnival.etsy.com or something like yeah. that. And there you could set up your products. And the benefit of starting this way is because you have their built their you're in their search engine. So you know customers already are already coming to Etsy It's a matter of making yourself Um, describing yourself in a way that's appealing to people who are just searching Etsy for searching sake, because I've done that too. And you also kind of get the brand recognition, because if you're in Etsy, you know, people kind of take you a little seriously. Or I know some people like going to Etsy because they like things that aren't, they they like to find that gem. They want to feel like they've found, like something no one else has found yet. Yeah, I know people who like that. So, so, and you stayed on Etsy for a year before you transitioned to your own website. And you said until you were comfortable. So comfortable is, is not measurable. So, <laughs> yeah. so what is a measurable benchmark that people can use to say, you know what, maybe you cause it, not even a year is measurable because after a year yeah. sales may not be. So yeah. Yeah. from a percentage standpoint, what should someone consider you know before they say you know what, i'm going to keep my etsy store but i'm going to transition to my own platform online because the store now has it it generates more than 60% of whatever cost uh mm-hmm. what what do you think that what what's that benchmark
1: um i think for me i was every month i was like writing in my notebook the traffic that I was getting onto my shop, and then the number of sales I was getting a month. So I think when I had first started, I might have gone to the post office. I don't know, maybe like, you know, maybe, maybe in the month I had like three or or five orders, but I was like making goals for myself. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to work towards instead of five sales, I'm going to have 10 sales in a month and then I'm going to have 15 sales in a month. So then by the end of the year, I'd say in November, no, like the end of October, in the month, I was having about between twenty to thirty sales. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I saw which I wouldn't recommend. I'm gonna probably talk about that later um, but it was you know October. And I was like, well, you know, I was like, maybe I should go all out for Black Friday, you know, because that's like the big holiday time. People are looking for things like also my following on social media. I was doing a lot better on Instagram, but um, secretly I love Instagram (laughs) versus the other ones. And I think on Instagram I had gotten to um, I was near a thousand followers. So I was like, OK, well, you know, like people are paying attention, I feel. And people are always asking. And I was getting more and more sales. And I was, you know, going to the post office like maybe twice a week, um, two or three times a week. So I'm like, OK, well, I'm sure there's going to be like this rush. Like I was really confident in myself. Um, I'm not even sure if that's like a, a- you know, having, I don't know, I just had a gut feeling. I don't, you know, as you said, I don't know how you measure that. But I was like, okay, well, you know, I feel like I need to, you know, beef up my presence, you know, set up this website, I had been learning about it. And I was like, let's do it. Let's just let me try to be as professional as possible and make this look like an official brand, you know, because it is a brand and I want it to have that look. So once I saw I guess, my sales constantly increasing like I wanted. I was like, okay, well, let's do this. And I think that was the tipping point for me to transition into having my own website. Um, And luckily, it it worked out. (laughs) So, uh, all right
0: so for you it worked out because you know and, and you're speaking a lot of things that I know other people you know they, they deal with like you know maybe I should do this you know it's going well here and uh, all all signs look like it's a go let me go and build this website so and you transitioned you know did you keep you said some people did it but did you keep the Etsy store open or did you completely shut it down and
1: move over Um, I kept both the store and we shop and the the Merch Carnival website open. Um, I had purchased the URL for MerchCarnival.com and that had been used on the store envy site. But once I transitioned over, merchcarnival.com was just the website. Um and then I had switched back to the merchcarnival.storenv.com, mm-hmm. and I left a link in the store envy website that we had moved to merchcarnival.com. Um and I had gotten traffic that way for a little while, but I'd say about maybe three or four months um after that the sales were really slow or everyone was, you know, clicking merchcarnival.com to go to the official website. Um so once I saw that Wayne, I just decided, okay, well then we can take that. I can take that down and just focus on the one website. Yeah. So that's a good strategy.
0: So even if you're going to go to a store Envy or Etsy, you should still buy your domain for whatever your store is gonna be. And yeah. when you set up your Etsy store And you you're advertising this domain. This is actually a good marketing strategy. You know, even if it's an Etsy store, you you point your Etsy store or your you know to to or you redirect it to your your main website. So when you do go to your main website, people are already familiar with going to www.merchcarnival.com versus trying to remember www.merchcarnival.etsy.com or some something like that. So I think that's a really good strategy. Um, And I also like the strategy that you included in the description on March um, um, Etsy. That you had moved completely to Merch Carnival. And did you put, you know, put, say, see more products on this website? Either way, I think it's a really good move to keep both for a period of time until you completely transition. So those are very good ideas. Actually, I have a friend who sells on Etsy and I, I know she has her own domain. And whenever you go to her domain, it just redirects you to her Etsy store. Yeah. So that's a very good idea. So let's say you are... You've outgrown Etsy or Store Envy, and you now have your own domain, own shop on your own website. So what are the tools do you need to operate? How do you get to set up your store? What's what's the best tools out there to to do that?
1: Um, well... I do not have web design in my set of skills. Um, I'm a very visual person. So I wanted to be able to, you know, learn about web design, which I I have taken courses on and I've read on. But coding is not, it takes too long. It's not my forte. Uh, I'm not fluent in HTML code. So I wanted something that would build, you know, Kind of like the the background. I don't know if background is the correct term, but you know, kind of having like the foundation of the e-commerce website is already done. I don't need to figure out the checkout and the credit card. Like that is coding that is the you know too intense yeah it's too intense and you know someone's already figured out how to do that um so i'm like well why do i need to start from scratch so for a lot of the sometimes i you know when i'm helping other people with their brands or you know like i help my mom a lot she she wants to we're currently building her website to open soon so i wanted to give her the ability and myself this is i wanted the ability to be able to function and and move around my website by myself versus trying to depend on a a web designer so i used shopify Mm -hmm. which is an e-commerce platform basically shopify gives you the tools to do credit card transactions it allows you to do checkout you can do inventory you can keep track of your customers it has a lot of different features and there are different price levels for what you want to do and they also have templates for the way that you want your website to look. And it gives you the opportunity to tweak that and you know change the images, maybe slightly change the layout. If you don't necessarily know how to do the coding, like they have an help center that will help you do that. So you have you can have your website look the way that you want it to look. But at the same time, I feel like the power is within my hands that I can make those changes for myself because I've heard from other people that they set up a website they do it through a web designer Um, and web designers are great I would definitely recommend like if you have a bigger project web designers are definitely needed but for what I needed I could use Shopify or I also recommend like square and it gave me that flexibility to do it on my own Um, and you can still get a pretty consistent look so I read all the tutorials on Shopify I learned everything that I could And then I I set it up and I you know, I'm still constantly learning like, okay, well, maybe I need to change the look of merch carnival. What do I want to do? How do I make this more engaging for customers? So I would definitely recommend if you're transitioning, you know, as a small business, if you're transitioning from Etsy to having your own store, I would recommend using an e-commerce platform to do that. I think think there's another one called
0: WooCommerce, but Shopify is the one that I know most people who have like a large established brand use because it's a more robust tool and it has more flexibility.
1: They have a lot of... um different options and applications that you can add to your website which I really like versus some of the others they don't have as many options and I like having options all right
0: cool options are good so all right so we talked about some of the tools so you have your domain once your domain is set up you get a e-commerce tool like Shopify that kind of is has the bare bones and it's there's stuff built in set up because it's specifically for people who are selling online. Mm -hmm. Like what are some common mistakes you see people make when setting up their online stores?
1: I think for me, one of the mistakes that I ran into was like shipping rates. Um, I never really thought about that that much. But I realized at the beginning, I was losing money on it because I was just putting prices like how I would see on like bigger, you know, like Macy's and stuff like they just have a flat rate price or Maybe they can give lower shipping costs. But as a small business, I don't have I didn't have the opportunity to do that and I didn't realize that I needed to keep track of different shipping rates. So I had to backtrack on setting that up part of as part of the website um and i think I've, I've got it down pack now that's a question that i always get from people um and i de- that was a, definitely a learning curve for me also a big th- mistake that i have learned is having high quality photographs of your products on your website um i never really under you know previously understood how important that was for the shopping experience Um, But I guess, you know, it's similar to, you know, walking into an actual store and feeling the products like they can't feel the products. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the purchase is based on solely on what they see. So having very high quality photographs. Are very important. And I'm in the process of working on that and working on my photography and getting as clear shots as possible, you know, just to improve the experience. I think those are the two top mistakes that I had mm-hmm. um setting up my website. Yeah. Shipping and quality photos. All right. That's. And oh, sorry, I have one more. And always making sure um, your copy or the content, like your product descriptions. Mm -hmm. That is also something that is a a resolution for me this year is building and creating engaging copyright. And, um, you know, because you're a small business and especially for niche niche products you want to build that story of why you know why is this island gal hat like perfect for the caribbean girl like where are you gonna wear it you know kind of building a story around the product so that they can envision seeing that instead of just seeing like this hat is red right so and so dollars so yeah that as well
0: i get that with the the story around it copywriting is a huge thing everyone's talking about it because it's that just, like you said you know we don't get to look and feel we just have pictures and words to help us yeah. make that decision yeah. all right so how do you scale the business how do you know when it's time to grow add more products and just like how do you scale in terms of growing the business knowing when it's time to take it to the next level because now you've you you've gone from etsy to your own store to pop-up shops how do you know when it's time to spread your wings and go a little Bigger.
1: Um, I I feel like in the, the past year, especially, well, scaling in terms of the products itself has always been like this learning curve for me. There have been times that I'm not time. There I'm a person who gets super super excited about what I'm gonna put out, what I'm launching. And at the beginning I really didn't do that much analysis of my customer base and mm-hmm. what I you know, what they liked and who they were and, you know, understanding more of their needs. It was more of like, Well, this is what I'm gonna make for people and I'm they're gonna like it, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm just gonna you know, I'm just gonna produce it I definitely had I guess I not necessarily hit a wall but there was this one shirt that I had that I was just you know I had printed a first set of them people loved it and then I was like okay well people really like that shirt so I'm gonna make put it in a different color not really like I thought about the color. I think that would go great with, you know, as a second one to this design. And, you know, people really like it. So I'm going to order extras of them. I ordered too many extras of them. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't realize like that shirt was really popular in St. Croix, but it wasn't popular or it didn't sell as well online. And it didn't sell as well at the other events that I do in the US. So I had all these shirts that I didn't know what I was going to do. So that was definitely, you know, a learning experience for me that I bit off too much that I then I could have, you know, chew. And I think once that had happened, and I I had a conversation with my dad, and he was like, you need to, you know, really keep track of your inventory and what you have, because you don't, you know, inventory is an asset that you have, but you don't want too much of it that it takes a really long time for it to um to move mm-hmm. so i think once i had that conversation i was like okay well i need to be more strategic in what i'm doing and i don't think previously i was like that so now like my newest product that i released was my island gal hat um I love so that hat oh. thank you so for that i sat down i thought you know, what colors did I think would, you know, work well, what do I see my, you know, what colors do I see my friends wearing? I asked my friends, okay, if I did this hat, what color would you like? I showed them the different color options. Um, And now I really sit down and I think, okay, what do women my age wear? Like the thing with the dad hats, like people love dad hats right now. So I was like, okay, well, I, I can do that, that, you know, that will sell well. And I just needed to figure out the colors and I did that. Um, and then in my first run, I did the minimum amount I could for each color because I was like, I want to see how fast which colors move. Mm-hmm. So, that you know, that would let me know, OK, well, when I reorder and I restock the inventory, I know which colors people like. And I learned so much from that, I, the, especially the coral color one. People love that, that color. That one is the best. I, I tell you, I look at that <laughs> and that's the one that I fall in love. That's the first color
0: I see because I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful and so yeah. yummy. Yeah, that's
1: the one that I sent it to my brother. I'm like, yeah, this is the hat that I want. Buy it for me. Yes. I like doing that more now. Um, If I have something, a new design that I'm trying out, like I did the Island Gal shirt, I also did my new Veteran shirt. Mm -hmm. I went home, I ordered the, you know, the minimum amount because I wanted to try it out. And my mom was like, "Are you sure you don't want to order more?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if people are gonna like this. I don't know. I want to see." And all the shirts are gone. And Mm -hmm. you know, like it's a learning experience to see to test it and i like the idea of testing it and at the same time it helps create buzz because now i've learned this idea of creating buzz and excitement around the product and you know now people want it so much and it also gives me a a better sense of okay what's gonna move what's not gonna move and it it also gives me a better sense of how much i need to to produce the next time i i restock so strategy is like top priority now in everything that i do Yeah. Um, What you just said could have falls under the other
0: category of things you consider before you do an online store. So you have to really have something in place to to measure your analytics in terms of, you know, not just website, but your your product, you know. Yeah. Um, How much of this is selling? You know, how much of this How fast is it selling? Yeah. You know, what colors are selling? Are you do you have too many color options? Um, (laughs) Yeah. All those good things. So that's great because now you can be more focused on the things that people are buying and yeah. and once you've zoomed zoomed in on what they liked and you knew this based on what they've previously purchased you mm-hmm. were able to s- see some success you went conservative and you're probably it's probably still good to be conservative but yeah. um, I I think that was a really great approach so based on what you said before shipping rates having high quality photos copies for your website and having a way of tracking your inventory and analytics you know because that will give you better customer insight
1: yeah and um, now that I do in-person events which you know is is a different experience than online selling because you see people in person and you can hear you know talk to them and they can feel the products especially when I'm I'm vending I always keep I keep this notebook with me when I'm vending so if people have a suggestion of you know what they would like to see or you know maybe they want a v-neck shirt or I'm trying this now more now is having like kids products Uh, I'm trying to you know I'm just trying it out because I've constantly heard that at different things and I kept writing it down and I saw that you know people were asking for it so I'm going to make more of a push, but now I'm always listening Mm -hmm. to customers want. And I learned this in one of my classes in school, but like understanding who the customer is Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of personalizing them. Like it's not just someone that you're getting money from, but understanding like who is the Merch Carnival customer? What do they like? You know, what's their age range? And I think I had heard this on one of your episodes before, but. I think people get caught up in trying to be everything to everyone. And I think I also, you know, stepped into that. And now that I'm able to step back and say like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what my customer wants. I have a clear vision of where Merch Carnival is going. And that's the other thing as to what you need. We're
0: we're tallying them up as you go along. So in addition to shipping rates... High quality photos, good copy <laughs> and products um, knowing your product and inventory analytics, you also need to have what you just described. you need to have a buyer persona. you need to understand who your buyers are and your your their demographics and what they're interested in because if you don't you you're not going to be selling to anyone um, yep. and you have to be really focused. So that is also something you need to consider before. It may be hard to learn that before you get into selling because sometimes when you get into it, you might have an idea, but as you start selling, you know, the, People who you thought you were selling to are not the people who are ultimately buying it. And so adjustments are necessary. But uh, yeah, that's a great point. So what are any any other thing you would like us to know about having an online business and scaling the online business? Because I feel like there's a lot of online stores and I've seen... instances where, you know, the stores exist, then they kind of disappear or, you know, something happens for whatever personal or business reasons, you know, and then, you know, you've built a following on social and then one day you're, you're just gone so what other advice because I'm, I'm, I'm even lost for words because this really happens so mm-hmm. what advice do you give to someone who's considering an online business or someone who already has a business but they're trying to scale or trying to figure out how to be in business and make some money or to just kind of keep in the game
1: well I think I've had experience personal experiences by that myself for the past two years I was in grad school you know it's a lovely experience but it's also very tiring and draining um doing that full-time and then you know I was working almost full-time like 30 hours a week and I had this and you know like merch carnival is a job within itself like it needs to be sustained and I found myself in ebb and flows like if I was on break or maybe like the beginning of the semester I was really on top of my merch carnival things like, you know, I had free time. I'm not really thinking like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. Um, But there are other times that I was just so overwhelmed with what was going on that I wasn't giving it the attention that it needed. Like I always was, you know, telling everyone around me, like, I feel like I'm only giving merch carnival like 70 percent of the effort that it needs, and I need to get to 100 percent. Um, so I think probably like 2000, like the fall 2014, I was like, okay, I need to start making if I, if I want Merch Carnival to succeed, which I do, I need to make set a set time for Merch Carnival to get the things that Merch Carnival needs to get done. Um, so I, you know, wrote down a list of goals that I wanted for Merch Carnival in, um, not fall, it's 2015, sorry. So I had set a goal in 2016, like I, you know, want to get placements in blogs. I want to create that build that relationship with influencers and writers and different people, which is also a very important thing for online businesses to gain traction because you can't solely, you know, rely on the traction that you build yourself, but you need to, you know, spread that information to other people to help bring other people in for you. I said that, you know, I was like, this is how many sales I want online. This is how many sales I want At my different events, this is how many events I want to do in the summer because that was my, you know, my big break time is during the summer. And I set out those goals and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to set aside time to do merch carnival things. And the time that I did my merch carnival things was on Sunday mornings, especially during for. Football season, <laughs> um, you know, like my boyfriend, he loves he loves watching football. So I'm like, okay, well, the t- you know the television's gone. I can't watch television. So this is the time to do what I need to do. Right. Uh, and it was really helpful. And that's you know that's how I I keep track. And now currently. I've started a new job and I'm taking on clients, um, helping them with their brand development. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, we still need to set aside this time for everything that you need to do. So I block times um, for Merch Carnival. I put reminders for myself, especially for social media. Like, I create editorial calendars to know these are the posts that I'm going to do this week. Um, I have them right on my fingers on my phone. The reminder pops up on my phone like, oh, it's time to post for Merge Carnival. And I do that consistently. I use Hootsuite so things roll out as well. Um, And I'm hoping to build upon that this year and be better with being consistent. And it's all about scheduling and and blocking time, um, really. You know what I'm hearing from you?
0: And um, it's... You know, setting up an online store, it seems like it's just, oh, you just set up an online store and sell stuff. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work. And yes. you, you you found <laughs> that out in your own way, the sometimes the hard way you've learned lessons. But for everything that you've done, you've you basically said it if you don't if you're only putting 75 percent of the effort into it, you're only getting 75 percent of whatever out of it. Yes. You're not getting you're not going to get the full Effect And if you're not focused, because you said it, you weren't, you know, it's ebbs and flows and we all go through that. So Mm -hmm. if you're not focused on it, it's not going to be as focused. And in addition to that, you're learning the lessons of the business as you go along. So what I'm hearing from you is, you know, an online business can work, it can be successful as everyone out there makes it seem glitzy and glamorous, but you have to be ready to put in some hard work.
1: To, yeah, you, you, you have to.
0: Yeah, to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing it's your clients.
1: Yes, knowing your clients. You know, a lot of times you come from, oh, I like it and,
0: you know, it. I think it would sell good. No, it don't work that no, way. No, no,
1: yes, exactly. And it's definitely, I think when I first started out, I thought it was like, okay, you post this, you, you know, you kind of like make your space online and it's done. People will come. Yeah. Uh, And I, you know, it's it's not uh, just you, though. It's not just you. I think a
0: lot of times you, you you know, someone said it, you know, you probably spend 20 percent making the product and the other 80 percent marketing that one product. Yeah. So it's it's more marketing than selling. So it, you you can't just post one time. You got to post multiple times, not that one product. So please don't flood the timeline <laughs> with one, that same product, you know, yes. 80 times. It's just the, you have to find different and creative ways to get into people's space because now with social media and algorithms, I tell my friend, not because you post on Facebook, that means I see it. Facebook yeah. chooses what I see. So if I don't, unless I specifically come on your page, which most likely I don't, I'm not see you you just assume that I didn't see it yeah. you, you 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 constantly have to be pushing and promoting in and promoting by telling stories like what you said you know to so that people are engaged so again, it's you doing this this is a young business and you're growing it, and mm-hmm. you know for you to share how you've grown and the definitely some of the mistakes that you've made and what you've you've learned from it, I think it's important. I think starting with an Etsy or a store NV type platform is is a good way to kind of test the product out. Yes, yes, it is. It, it before you commit to your own, you know, you should still buy your own domain. I am an avid believer that you should buy your own domain because one of the things that happens, there are some people out there who who make money by buying domains that people they know people are gonna want in the future. Yeah. So when you want that domain, you're gonna try instead of paying eight ninety nine or five ninety for it you're they're gonna want to charge you like thousands of dollars for it
1: yeah i always make sure i know when my um url needs to be updated because i'm like i don't want to be in that position absolutely (laughs) no they hijack those websites so
0: um yeah, so you you want to buy your domain, but before you commit to building a website or, or purchasing, you know, a Shopify, you you know, testing out the idea is it's good because if it doesn't work out, you know, at least you 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 could you have the benefit of Etsy and you could always pivot and you know come back and figure out something else. But yeah. it's really important to you know you could do as The other thing, too, you could do a lot of research before you go into it, but it's not until you're actually doing it that you're going to know what works. So, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. But I thank you for sharing your experience and insights. So is there anything else you would like our community of friends to know before before we end the show?
1: Um, Well, in another point I had in terms of scaling, as you grow, you need to realize that you're only one person. (gasps) I've had to learn that myself and I'm, i'm only one person i only have two sets of hands i only have two feet and it's okay to ask for help and if you're not an expert in something it's it's okay to to find experts that you know and and hire them like for me the accounting part of merch carnival has you know like i know math i like math i like finances but it's just growing to a point where like okay i need help with that um, and it's okay to ask for help and mm-hmm. if you need to hire an accountant i went to a, um, a conference and they suggested like out of anyone that you should hire or is an accountant or mm-hmm. getting accounting services or you know like yeah. QuickBooks or something um and i've learned that the photos that i'm rolling out right now for merch carnival um i have a friend named is rashad he's in st croix him and his wife they are wonderful photographers and i was like okay i was like I'm home, I need professional shots of my photos. Yeah, I love doing photography, but it's, you know, like I'm not a professional photographer. Um, So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to invest in Merch Carnival and get these photographs done. And I was so happy with that decision. And doing that, I've seen like, it's okay to to let go and invest in people to make sure that your business is the best that it can be. And it helps in that scaling pro- process. Yeah. And you can see the growth of your business if you can invest in people to, to do that. That that would be my final note of of advice is it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out and get help from other people. Whether it's if you pay for it or if you get a mentor to help you, like business mentors are, you know, really important to me. Um, And just asking those questions and not feeling alone in that process. Absolutely. You can't do it alone. And there comes a point where you have to invest in other people.
0: Um, lawyer and accountants are usually the first to to help you. So thanks for that last bit of tip. And um, so for anyone that's listening, um, please remember to check out Merch Carnival. And um, you can also join the conversation online, COF podcast, to talk about some of the challenges you might have in growing your online business as a Caribbean American entrepreneur and some of the challenges you have with scaling or identifying your customers, or managing your inventory. Again, um, we thank Ashley for being on the show. Ashley, thanks again. Thank you. Or a little Caricom baby. Yes. And And as I like to say towards the end of the show, until next time, walk good. All right. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot com. Thank you for tuning in to Carry On Friends. Before I go, remember Caribbean Legal Solutions connects you with experienced and vetted attorneys across the Caribbean, ensuring that you or your family or friend find reliable help back home to deal with land issues, wills, and probate matters. Their network spans Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana, Grenada, Dominica, Barbados, St. Vincent, and more. Visit caribbeanlegalsolutions.com and give them a call today. This ad contains general information about Caribbean Legal Solutions and is not intended to be legal advice. As always, consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation.